If you're a founder, you know that fundraising is a big part of the job. What you might not know is that Carta is there to help. Carta's new fundraising suite provides startups of all stages the best tools and support to easily issue safes, accurately forecast solution, and quickly close funding rounds. Save time, money, and make your next round your best yet. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. Welcome to Inc.'s The Founders Project with Alexa Von Tobel. I'm Alexa, the founder of LearnVest, author of New York Times bestselling book, Financially Fearless, and second book, Financially Forward. I'm also the founder and managing partner of Inspired Capital, a venture firm focused on the entrepreneurs of the future. Each week, we sit down with a top founder to share their story of guts, inspiration, and drive. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Alexa Von Tobel, and I'm really excited about our guest this week. Meet Julia Cheek, the founder and CEO of EverlyWell. EverlyWell is a digital health company poised to disrupt the $25 billion lab testing industry. They provide consumers with over 30 types of at-home tests that include insightful, easy-to-understand results. Since Julia founded the company in 2015, she's raised over $50 million in venture funding, scaled to tens of millions in sales, and EverlyWell is now sold in Target and CVS stores nationwide. EverlyWell was featured on Shark Tank and named one of Fast Company's most innovative companies in 2019. Julia is a seasoned entrepreneur, graduate from Harvard Business School with high distinction, and a former multiple world champion equestrian. Welcome, Julia. Hi, Julia. Hi, Alexa. Thanks so much for having me. First of all, I just love the equestrian piece. Can we just start there for 10 seconds? What does that mean? Let's go right into that. Absolutely. I really think that that I had that on my resume for years. And I think that's why I even just got interviews when I was younger in my career, because it's just interesting. When I was eight years old until I was 25, um, was a competitive equestrian and I learned a lot. I learned, you know, a horse is an animal and no matter how much you prepare, you can't control the outcome. And I also was just a really dedicated athlete. I traveled around the country for well over a decade, almost two decades competing. And it built a lot of grit. You know, I grew up in Texas and I grew up as a both Western and English disciplines. And it was not something I that my friends did or that my family did. I just fell in love with it. I love that so much. And we're going to come back to that later when we talk a little bit about how you keep the Julia train on the tracks with everything going on in your business life. And I'm sure there are a lot of analogies between those two. I want to kind of step back. So first of all, we're in COVID world. EverlyWell has been so incredibly important to everything going on with COVID. But before we go there, let's just start. What is EverlyWell in your own words? And where was the aha moment for it? Yeah, you know, I think when... Founders who are first-time founders, even non-industry expert founders like me, try to solve a really big problem. I find that there's almost always this personal connection because no one is crazy enough to take the risk of diving into this area that you may know nothing about like me, unless you feel so convicted because you have this personal connection. And so for me, you know, I was in my late 20s working in a very demanding global public company job. And I started having all of these unexplainable symptoms, chronic fatigue, aches and pains, like just was not feeling myself, but like many women, um, was dismissed by a number of doctors because my symptoms were nonspecific, generalized, et cetera. And so I ended up going through this odyssey of doctors 
all of whom ordered a bunch of different lab tests. Well, I was on the front end of what's now the majority of American health plans, which was a high deductible health plan with an FSA and HSA. And so I ended up getting billed separately for all of these tests, not to mention I never even got the results for them. So here I am, I thought I was perfectly healthy and I'm now paying thousands of dollars in lab testing bills for results that I never even saw. And I started looking into this space and look, I mean, I had been wanting to found a company for a number of years. This is not just that I woke up one day and wanted to be a founder, but I hadn't had that moment, that aha moment that you referenced of how I really, really felt like I could do this for a decade. And I knew it was gonna be really hard, but I was gonna do it. Um, and so I started looking at the space and realized um, people were gonna end up paying for their healthcare over the next decade. And unfortunately that's what's happened. Um, not to mention uh, the experience around lab testing was completely and fundamentally broken, which I think now in this moment, uh, most Americans now uh, deeply identify with. And so we saw that five years ago and began, began building a brand around how do we make testing such an essential part of your healthcare and the knowledge about your body? How do we make that easy, affordable, accessible? How do we make it on demand and convenient? Just like everything else in your life now, transportation, prescriptions, groceries, eyeglasses, testing can be very similar. So that was really the aha moment and the experience that caused me to jump into a space that I was not an expert in and start a company in arguably the most challenging industry to make change. I love it. So let's just pretend I'm an Everlywell customer and I go to the website, everlywell.com. What can I do there and what happens? So on our website, and, and as you mentioned, you can go to .com, you can go to Target, CVS, et cetera. But on our website, you can navigate from a lot of information around 35 different tests. And these are tests from STI testing to hormone testing to cholesterol and anything that you might need broadly for a lot of the common tests that you would ask your doctor for, that your doctor would recommend. And you can request a kit, it gets shipped to your house, and then you collect your sample. It's honestly a very similar experience to at-home DNA testing, like a 23andMe or an Ancestry, but you're actually just getting lab data that you need over time, either on an annual basis or on a monthly basis in a very simplified way. So it's, it's, a, it's a totally normalized e-commerce experience, but tying that into a service that is really, really broken and like going to the DMV right now when you need to go get some basic blood testing or saliva or urine testing done. So when your kid arrives, you collect it, you send it back and you get your results in a color-coded informative report that you can also share with your doctor. You can book a webinar for follow-up and you get that in about three to five business days. That is incredible. So you have over 30 tests. Give people a sense of what types of tests you have. And then just because we're on the types of tests, also, just give us a sense of what you guys did, you know, at the beginning of this year in 2020, as COVID become this just dramatic thing that was on everybody's minds. How did you step in and help? Absolutely. So I think our goal is when we think about a test to offer, there's a few criteria that are foundational. One is, can it be totally accurate and as accurate as going into a facility to get a test done by being collected at home? So that's foundational. The next question is, do consumers need this? So we've launched a few tests this year that we're really proud of that have really, um, I think, been super popular. We have a colon cancer screening test. There's 82 million Americans a year who need to be screened annually for colon cancer. You can do it at home. It is super easy, $49. And then, and, and you know, that's another thing about Everly Well is the fact that you can't get the price of a test. 
that is really for me something that I find both absurd and yet true in the traditional framework. And so we have committed to transparent and affordable pricing. And so that's another thing that we consider when we launch new products. We also launched um, first to market for the top, I think, 35 indoor outdoor allergens. So you can actually get that blood test, collect it at home and send it in. And that I think has been really game changing. So our best selling products are our sexually transmitted infection suite of tests. As you can imagine, affordable pricing, doing it from home, getting quick and anonymous results is really important for that. And that's a a public health crisis right now, um, even during COVID for um, the spread of sexually transmitted diseases. Then um, our hormone tests are really popular, um, like our fertility tests, our thyroid panel, um, and our vitamin D, in addition to a couple of the others that I mentioned. So it's really about wellness and, and diagnostic testing that has broad audiences. We have a men's health suite, a women's health suite, and our goal is as a platform that once you use the Everly Well test and platform, that you don't ever have to go back to the outdated way of getting your lab testing done. And so we're continuously innovating around how can we build more tests that serve um, a broad population so that we can continue to fill out that menu, which of course then brings us to 2020 and COVID. I want to hear about how you literally went straight to the front lines and what you started doing. I heard about Julia because right at the start of COVID, I had a handful of people in my life email me and say, does anybody know this amazing woman? And this was before you were on the cover of Inc. and everything else. Does anybody know this amazing woman? We need to get to her so that we can help her make more COVID tests. And so that is how Julia and I were introduced. So yes, tell us the story and your narrative and how the beginning of this year went. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's funny. I'm still working on my my pithy storytelling of this because as as with everyone in the country, I think we feel like it's been a decade and six months. Um, so, but at Everly Well, we were fortunate in that we had early eyes on the the infrastructure breaking for testing. So at the end of January, we were already looking at how would the pandemic spread? Our chief medical officer is of Taiwanese descent and he had lived through SARS in Asia and his his wife is also a physician. And so he had eyes on this very, very early. And by the end of February, it was clear that the infrastructure that everyone relied on and the two major testing companies were, were not going to be able to keep up. So in March, we quickly mobilized not only to issue grants to labs, smaller regional labs that had capacity to validate COVID-19 testing, but then we also decided to launch a healthcare provider test and then work with the FDA to get the first umbrella at-home consumer collected test for COVID-19, which was granted in mid-May. And since then, we have shipped hundreds of thousands of test kits. And I believe going into the fall, as we we support universities, we support employers, we support health plans with COVID testing. We also support individuals who, um, that's a large part of our business now, who can go online, take a screener and get a kit overnighted to them. And we, in the midst of all of this capacity constraint, even today, we are adhering to a 48 business hour turnaround time with our labs, which is a testament to how smaller labs can scale and meet the need and how we as a startup jumped in and created this network of labs that were certified for COVID testing to be able to deliver a much needed service. And and honestly, as a leader, there were three weeks went by when I said, why would we get involved in this? 
why would we do this? Like, they've got this. Like, this is not our, we're too small. This is a, too big of a problem. And it's really, for me, I think an important leadership lesson as a founder to say, there's always a way to make a difference. And we have been able to make a difference on our scale and for people who have been desperate for testing for various reasons and been able to do something really innovative in partnership with the FDA to help get more home testing um, out there. And we're going to continue to scale that and grow that part of our business. And it, it goes back to who do we serve? We serve Americans. That's always been our end user is the consumer. And so we designed a testing process that made it really easy during a pandemic for you to get quick results by never leaving your home. Give us a little bit more detail. How stressful was that for you? Trying to rise to the occasion amidst truly a global pandemic that was unprecedented in every way. And you saying, all right, I'm going to put my hand up and go get involved. What did that feel like? I think I personally have a high bar for carrying stress. I think I have managed to kind of keep one foot in front of the other throughout a variety of experiences in my life that have helped me build some of that grit and resiliency. Um, that being said, this was very different than any of the other high risk, high pressure decisions that I've made. And the reason why is because I had an entire company having people people who I care about deeply, having their lives turned upside down, just like everyone else in the pandemic, not to mention having the pressure of being asked to work 24-7 to help Americans get testing. And that is almost a burden that I could put that burden on myself. What I didn't realize was the burden that would put on me in asking the team to do that. And I think that for me was something that I had to live with over the course of March, April, and May before we got our emergency use authorization. I wasn't as worried about whether or not we would get the authorization. I was worried about if we did it, how the team's morale would be impacted after working so hard towards such an important mission and then failing. And I think that is something that as a leader, when you have an organization, you know, for, we were we were 60 people at the start of the pandemic. We're now 130, but even at 60, you know, uh, we had recently scaled from like 30. It was a lot easier to ask 30 people. It's harder to ask 60. It's even harder to ask 100, 130. And so um, that for me has been a big lesson in leadership. And I think something that I'm so proud, I, I think it's also inspiring though, I'm so proud of how our team has risen to the occasion and their resiliency and their grit, but it did weigh on me significantly on how was I going to recover this team if it didn't work. And, and you know, people have all of these challenges in addition to everything else at work. I mean, this is just an unprecedented mental health situation. So it was a really, it was a big weight on my shoulders and one that I, I didn't take lightly. Alexa here. Not only do I get the opportunity to speak with all types of founders on, for starters, but I'm a repeat founder myself. We all know how vital fundraising is to a startup. Cardin knows this too. That's why they had founders in mind when they created their fundraising suite, providing tools and support to take the friction out of fundraising. They save founders time and money, allowing you to focus on your goals, not the admin work needed to close around. From simply issuing safes to quickly receiving funds, Carta Fundraising Suites helps their cap table customers raise a better fundraising round. To learn more or to get started, go to carta.com forward slash fundraise. That's carta.com forward slash fundraise. 
So Juliet, you didn't come from a medical background. What's so impressive about Everlywell is that you happened to be a consumer who really cared because you had your own health issue and you simply said, this is a horrible experience. I, I can't even understand how to get the results and I don't know how much I'm paying and I'm running around to all these doctors. There's gotta be a better way. So walk us through what it's really like to be a customer who receives a kit in the mail and just walk us through what that experience is like. Yeah, it's it seems so basic and yet foreign at the same time, right? Because you get this test kit and this concept a decade ago that you would collect a biological sample, which for Everly Well is either saliva, urine, blood, or stool, or a swab. Any of those samples can be collected at home and I'll walk you through that. And you're gonna put it in the mail and you're gonna send it off and you're gonna get a digital result. I will say without 23andMe doing the hard work of a decade, to convince people that was a normal process, I don't know that Everly Well would have been able to then teach consumers how to prick a finger and collect blood onto paper, right? Or how to collect urine, et cetera, and how to follow our process. And so I'm really grateful that we didn't have to do that hard upward climb. However, when I started Everly Well, one of the key hypotheses that I didn't know the answer to was, could we create a delightful experience around pricking your finger to collect small amounts of blood? Um, what's interesting about the science behind this is this is very old school science. And one of our goals is to say, how do we make sure we stay ahead of where I think diagnostics is going? Because I do think you'll see innovation here. But today, this is you know finger prick testing. This is the same the same labs that your doctors use. You know we partner with Perkin Elmer for this. We partner with multiple CAP accredited labs. This is science that has been around for decades. What we have done is taken a old school product, um, something you might get in the mail from your doctor ordering it, and we've yep. made it a beautifully branded experience. And I think that's really important because as a consumer brand, you have to fundamentally trust the accuracy of the test. And so I have no problem saying we're using really old school proven science because to me, that's not the disruptive innovation here at the moment. The disruptive innovation is how do we bring it into your home? How do we make it digital? How do we have the physician experience and the results be something meaningful to you? And by the way, how do we make it affordable? And you don't get the thousand dollar bill. Um, and so we've been able to take something relatively, relatively um, common and make it really innovative and delightful. And people have a great experience pricking their finger, getting results, and then they do it again on the same test or a different test. And so that first experience for an Everly Well customer is so important. And our ability to get that right and to, and to educate them, to help them get the sample um, is really important. And then of course, the ability to show why these methods work. I mean, this is not novel. Um, I think that differentiates us from uh, other blood testing companies that have made other claims and not been correct um, because we, we work with third parties that have had this proven for decades. Um, and that I think has really helped us in getting the product market fit in establishing our credibility. And then ultimately now being able to work through a regulated product with the FDA, like our COVID test. Um, I want to uh, spend a little bit more time on how doctors play into this process, because as, as we sit here today in the summer of 2020, uh, and as we think about just how the entire healthcare industry fundamentally is being disrupted before our eyes, 
how do doctors play into the process? And talk a little bit more if you fast forward 10 years. I want to understand some of the hypotheses that you see unique to anybody else right now on the planet, given your 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 job in creating Everly Well, that it kind of seem obvious to you about what healthcare will look like in a decade. So how do doctors play in the process today? And what do you think it'll look like in a decade? So we had a big decision to make when I started Everly Well, which was, are we going to go in network with insurance companies and go physician by physician group and be another third lab that you could order from? We decided not to do that. And the reason why is not because physicians aren't an essential part of our healthcare ecosystem for Everly Well and our product, but because we knew we couldn't tell consumers how much they would pay. And we knew that that would be a really hard way to educate people on the process. So we are only cash pay. We are HSA and FSA. But what that means is we work with doctors in a different way than, than how you would with a lab core request. So for example, we know that about one out of four of our customers is referred to us by their physician, but that is really organic in that then the our customers who are fully in control of their own data, electronically send their results to their physician, meaning they have to be the decision maker in the hub around how they're sharing their data. So there is a connection point there with what I would call an offline, their offline physician, but it really is controlled by you as the patient, which I think is an important point. Now, um, we also have physicians in our process. So if you come to Everlywell and you are coming just as a consumer, you have a symptom and you're looking for a test, we work with a third-party independent physician network who reviews your information, issues a test requisition, and then also reviews your results before you get them. Again, this is all done digitally. If in the case of an STI test, um, you have an abnormal result, or if you have a critical value from any one of the other tests, you get a call and then you get a telehealth consult. And in some cases, like with STI testing, you can get a prescription. Again, there's no additional charge. You pay one upfront transparent price. And so this model, right? And so for example, our chlamydia, our chlamydia and gonorrhea test, $49, includes a telehealth consult, includes calling in a prescription to your pharmacy um, if you have a detected infection. And so I think that that should not be radical. That should not be radical to your point about what is going to happen in the future with the healthcare ecosystem. I do think our vision has expanded a bit. I do believe that Everly Well's ability to now integrate with core, core physician experiences, especially in telehealth post-pandemic, will be important to our mission, which is serving every American affordably and accessibly. So we are now saying, okay, I believe that if healthcare is moving into the home, I think most of your core healthcare appointments will now be via telehealth. I think testing will be mostly in the home. I think as many experiences that can center around the home ecosystem will persist post-pandemic. And I think the behavior, the reason for that is because patients will see how much better the experience is. They will not convert back to a worse experience and a more expensive process um, taking time off work, all of the above, right? If there is a better solution. And so patients ultimately will push the change. And that I think is why Everly Well is now looking at how can we be a broader ecosystem and not just be um, important to physicians and to consumers, but really a core part of the experience. The most brilliant thing about all of this, Julia, is that you are a founder who doesn't come from a medical background. And I think Give us a little bit of a, 
how did you overcome any fears you may have? Or were you just like, you know what? I'm approaching this from such a customer centric way. The medical, the, the medical insights are not where I'm innovating. I'm innovating on the experience. Like how did, did, did you have any nervousness or was it really just uh, you cared so much as a customer? You said, I have to go do this. Look, I think that me upfront acknowledging that I did not have a healthcare or medical background meant that my first hire that I made was a chief medical officer. So, you know, I, I think it is a strength to come from a different space, especially with the problem we were solving, which was entirely focused on the consumer. If I had come from a healthcare background, I don't know that I could have been unbiased enough to either take this risk and think that it could work or to actually design a consumer-centered experience. Now, on the flip side, as I said, I had to acknowledge where my gaps were and make sure that I was hiring regulatory experts, medical experts, diagnostic and lab testing experts to fill in the subject matter expertise gap um, because certainly in healthcare especially, there is a higher burden. Um, I can't just launch an MVP app and see how it goes in beta testing, right? I mean, this is something where you do have to iterate and be innovative, but the, the base of what you're launching in healthcare has to fundamentally work. And so it is a different bar in my mind, and I felt a certain responsibility that if I was going to go down this path, I had to be sure I could fill my team with people who could fill in the gaps where I didn't have the expertise. But I wasn't really scared at any point of failure. Um, I expected failure, to be honest, um, but I also felt that I could bring a unique view to this, and I deeply believed in the future of consumer-directed healthcare deeply. And I believed that I was hitting the timing right a little bit on the early side, but over the next decade that we would see that shift. And so for me, it was a really easy decision, um, but not one that I took lightly or without planning out how I was going to fill gaps in my own um, lack of industry knowledge. So now I want to switch back to you. Um, you're obviously a really special person, um, but you grew up as a, you know, a mere professional athlete as an equestrian. What do you think you learned from athletics that translate critically to your job now as a CEO? I think that being an athlete, especially a sport like being an equestrian, taught me about delayed gratification and hard work to achieve long-term goals. I was in equal parts a really dedicated academic kid as well as an athlete, but I started riding horses when I was eight and I did not achieve any level of success until I was 17. So I spent the better part of a, more than a decade because I loved the sport and I loved working really, really hard. And that to me really set me up well for how I invest my time now, because it allows me to find joy and I think self-fulfillment in working on really hard problems, knowing that I may not get positive signals externally for a while, right? Like when I started Everlywell, um, 100% of people thought it was a terrible idea. And so for me, <laughs> I, know, I know that feeling very well too. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I was used to, you know, not having external social recognition, not having points on the board, not having that social validation, and I didn't bother me. Um, And I think that sports and a lot of other activities, but especially sports and being an athlete, can teach you about discipline and winning and losing in a way that is different, I think, than many other hobbies. So I'm I'm really grateful for that experience. And I think it shaped so much of who I am now as a person and how I approach problems and how I work through issues. Um, and not, not worrying too much if the result isn't there immediately. Um, because I know that a long-term gain is far more impactful than a short-term outcome. Um, I want to switch gears. So you ended up on Shark Tank, um, uh, you know, having pitched and made a deal on Shark Tank. What was that experience like? And what what made you decide that that was a good decision as you were standing up Everly Well? Obviously, it's great because you get your, your brand out there. But walk me through that decision. And how did that actually, in the end, help your business? Yeah, so Shark Tank was a game changer for us. And I just outright, let me say, I had a tremendously positive experience throughout the entire process. That being said, it was a strategic choice. It was an incredible amount of work. And I did a lot of research on creating the experience that I wanted to have as an entrepreneur. And what's interesting about the show is they very much advocate for this being your experience, telling your story as a founder. And so it's really in, obviously you don't control the outcome, you don't control how the taping goes, but what you do control is your pitch, your setup, how you wanna sell yourself to the sharks. And I felt really empowered by that and very supported in the process. Um, but it, the reason I decided to apply for the show was I knew, because I'd watched it happen with consumers, that if you told people that, that Everly Well existed, it's not just about Everly Well, it's the model of at-home lab testing and digital results and affordable pricing, a light bulb goes on. It is, it is an on-off switch where people say, oh my gosh, I didn't know this existed. And I knew that the opportunity to share that with millions and millions of Americans would create that moment, that light, that flip of the switch. And so I, wa- I was scouted um, by the producers after TechCrunch Battlefield, um, but I still had to go through the entire process. And it was a six-month process just to get to filming. And every step of the way I had to say, is this worth prioritizing almost all of my time over everything else that I need to be due to build? everything else I need to be doing to build the business. We were only 15 people at the entire company. Um, and ultimately, we fil- I applied in February. I filmed in June of 2017. And then we aired over the biggest weekend for our company, which was um, Black Friday to Cyber Monday weekend of 2017. And it doubled the business overnight. And again, back to the point about flipping the switch for consumers, telling the story, What was interesting about Everly Well versus other Shark Tank companies is we never saw a decline in the business. So that doubling then only served to help us grow more and to accelerate our growth. And that to me was validation of the premise of the business because when people heard about us, they resonated with the product and they used it Um, as opposed to um, not a gimmick, but a one-time purchase where you might see a spike 
and then the business declines after that. So we felt it was a great strategic decision. Obviously, um, the business was much, much smaller, but it was a it was a moment maker, an inflection point for us. Um, and we've had several others since then, but I give a lot of credit to that opportunity for sharing the story. Um, I wanna shift to our quick fire round, and I want to start with my first quick question, which is, when you think of the biggest pinch me moment at Everlywell to date, What's the one thing where you feel, you're like, I can't believe that happened. I'm so proud. I think for me, it does have to be receiving our emergency use authorization from the FDA. Um, I'll give you a little context on that. And I know it's a quick fire answer. Um, this happened on a Saturday morning. And we obviously thought it was coming, but we didn't know it was coming. So you have this whole leadership team that wakes up on a Saturday morning and has achieved this really, really monumental thing as a team. And we just all sat there on this Zoom call with our coffee, and then we had to work the whole weekend, but we all sat there um, with our coffee and it was the first time in months that we had been able to just smile for a minute and say, we can really be helpful. And this is a moment that we will never forget. Um, so that I think was, a, was the biggest moment for us so far, also because you know, there's moments in fundraising, there's moments in, in press, there's moments as a team. But if you're not ultimately thinking about how are we making the biggest impact, it never sits as well. It never has the big, the, the moment and the memory for me. And so it's just been, it's been really surreal. That is really, really fun. Um, I want to hear what keeps you sane. Is it exercise, <laughs> sleep, wine, friends, what is it when you're just overloaded that you have to do to just mentally get yourself back on track? What's your trick? Uh, I think it is twofold, one pre-pandemic and one current. Um, so I would say before the shelter in place and being in quarantine, uh, it was definitely having a glass of wine with friends, uh, my morning coffee, and honestly walking walking, especially in Austin, hiking on the green belt, being outdoors, being around nature um, has been a really important mental reset for me. And it's something that I incorporate into my habits when I can daily in Texas. Right now I can't because it's 110 degrees, um, but definitely on the weekends. And so I, I forced that into my schedule. Um, and that has been consistent both before and during um, COVID. I think what I have had to be a lot more intentional about now is finding a way to have time in my schedule to work out from home, um, finding a way to, I think, inject a lot of my healthy practices because um, an office schedule helped me to keep boundaries. And the work from home uh, moment has actually eliminated all of the boundaries. There are no boundaries. There are no boundaries, especially, I mean, I know you know this, but with a one-year-old at home. Um, and, and I think that there's positives with that for sure, but there's also this lack of being able to put anything aside um, and to always being in that multitasking mode, which ultimately isn't healthy mentally as a leader. And so I've had to really rebuild my structures, my self-discipline, because the, the patterns that I had used for self-discipline pre-COVID were all eliminated. And so I think that's been something I've been working through to be sure that I can be a really good leader for my team. I so appreciate that. And that resonates so much with me. Okay. Last quick question. If there's one company that is not Everly Well that you could pay it forward to and give a shout out to, what's one other early startup that you love or that you think the product is so awesome and you're excited about it? 
Um, so I have been doing some angel investing around women's health companies. And so one of my favorites is Natalist. Um, and so full disclosure, I am a very tiny investor in the company. Um, founder is Hallie Teco. They are bringing women's health products, modern pregnancy, ovulation, supplements, um, and lube to uh, a totally rebranded, affordable, credible um, packaging and product. And it's just an incredible platform. Hallie herself has gone through years of infertility and has brought a humanization and a emotional connection to products that have been so clinical and disconnected from women for so long. So I would love to give a shout out to Natalist. I um, am a customer and just a big fan of um, what they're doing for women in such an important space. Julia, thank you so much for joining us today. Everybody out there, if you want to learn more about Everly Well, check out everlywell.com, get a test, and join us next week for Inc. the Founders Project with Alexa Von Topol.